Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to Overreaction Monday. Hey, that's what happens after a loss, including me. Mike Jarecki may or may not have had to talk me off the ledge during today's show. Just what went wrong, especially quarterback. Haven't seen too many performances, if any, like that from Kyler Murray. you got to get number 11 more involved. We talked Larry Fitzgerald, but first, an update on what has quickly become a depleted safety position. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 320, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Well, certainly a different feeling here on this Monday than the previous two Mondays, MJ. And I got to admit, I mean, it's obvious, but I prefer Mondays after wins versus after losses. How about you? Oh, I'm with you, but there's a reason why to play the game. And we highlighted what Vance Joseph told the media last Thursday, that they were on high alert. This was the best offense they had faced so far. Nothing against Garoppolo or Dwayne Haskins, but and then you get kind of got Galladay back, and you know obviously we're going to get into what they tried to do with the Cardinals, and you know they made plays when they had to. And anytime you go into a game and you turn the ball over three times, you're probably not going to win. It's the NFL. Um, it comes down to blocking and tackling and execution. But yeah, I mean I prefer to talk about it. But listen, we know this team wasn't going to go 16 and 0. You had a great line to start the show last night. So um, back to the grinding board. 26-23, the final Sunday at State Farm Stadium. The Lions pick up their first win. The Cardinals lose for the first time here in 2020. Before we get into the news of the day with regard to Buda Baker and the safety position, our quote from Corey Peters, different than the one we discussed on Cardinal Talk, quote, sometimes winning can be a Band-Aid over things we do wrong, end quote. We talked on the past two Mondays and even going into Tuesdays after wins on how it's easy to correct mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes, you know, they're, they're buried a little bit. They don't come to the surface when you win. And then when you lose, all of a sudden everything gets pushed up front, highlighted, bold face, alarm sound. And I don't know how much of what we saw on Sunday we didn't see week one and week two. It's just now. When it's a loss, you can sit there and go with a fine-tooth comb and figure out exactly what is not going right with this team. And I'm talking all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, they, they Detroit was the better team. I mean, again, you can look at the stats, first downs, you know, third down conversions, but you can't turn the ball over. And Corey Peters, he's right on. And, and they warned us last week, uh, don't crown us. Uh, we've only played two games, and, and Corey Peters is kind of the voice of reason on defense. You know, obviously, you know Chandler and Patrick and Buda are, are obviously guys that, you know, when they talk, you listen. But Corey's he's got a, he's kind of the compass in that locker room when it comes to what he thinks. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, you go into the game, we talk about how they're the worst team in the league, you know, stopping the run and. You know, I thought they're going to try to throw on him, but we knew that, you know, they wanted to kind of get Kenyon Drake going and then Chase Edmonds. And, 
you know, look at how the Lions started the game off. Um, they chewed close to six and a half, seven minutes off the clock. Now, granted, they only got a field goal out of it, but Matt Patricia said that was part of the game plan. He said, I think it was really important for us to try to do what's best to control the game. They have an explosive offense. They're dynamic with their quarterback and skill position players. I thought our offense did a good job of slowing them down. In other words, keeping them on the sidelines. Now, obviously, when three interceptions, uh, they probably uh, prefer to put them back on the field. But the, I noticed that early on. And he, Matt Patricia was, after the, was asked after the game. You know what his nickname is? Matty P. Okay. Not Matty Ice? No, Matty P. And, Craig, i got to tell you, every time I've been to the combine, I'm always in the elevator with him. Very nice. He held the elevator door for me. He looked down at my credential. He said, I remember playing you guys in week one last year. Really nice guy. Um, so he was asked after the game, can you give us your philosophy of defending Kyler Murray? He said, quote, I don't think we'll probably give the philosophy out to ourselves, um, to ourselves. So, And then Matthew Stafford said, you know, it was great to get the turnovers. He also said they could have put up 40 points in that game. Yeah, it was not pretty from the Cardinals' perspective, and uh, it might not be getting any better, at least defensively on the back end. And updates on Buda Baker, head coach Cliff Kingsbury confirmed after the ball game, as did Baker on social media, that yes, he is undergoing thumb surgery this week. As far as how long he's going to be out is the big question. According to Kingsbury, quote, hopefully sooner rather than later, and then later, with Bickley and Murata on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, his weekly guest spot, he said, quote, we are hopeful Buddha will only be a week, but you never know, end quote. So short term, he misses this week against Carolina and is able to return on the road at the Jets, but you don't know how long it's going to be. And you certainly have to figure out a way to not only deal with this week without your number one tackler and someone who Kingsbury said, quote, makes a lot of things right defensively, end quote. Factor in Chris Banjo's health, who is officially listed day-to-day with a hamstring injury. So your top two safeties, you're already without Jalen Thompson, who's on IR for at least another week, maybe more. We don't know how he's progressing. So you're you're scraping the bottom of the barrel right now with this roster as far as the safety position. Yeah, and, and I guess it's good news they didn't put Buddha on short-term IR. That means he would have missed three games, so that's encouraging. Um, yeah, but he had that cast on yesterday. You wonder how much that's going to affect him. He did miss a couple tackles, uh, but obviously he puts himself in position to to make the tackles, so you, you can't begrudge a guy for that. Um, yeah, it's I mean, Deontay Thompson, he lost his spot. Um you know, considering he was thrown in the mix, I thought he was decent in, in the open field tackling. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have some miscommunication back there just because you had Curtis Riley, who's really their fifth string uh, safety out there. I mean, that's where they were based on numbers. So um, it's interesting, Craig, we go through this every year. Like last year, there was a running back position. You know, when David Johnson got hurt and Chase Edmonds got hurt and they brought in Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner, they make the trade for – Kenyon Drake, uh, a couple of years ago was the offensive line. They had at least 10 guys on, on, you know, uh, 13 different match, uh, I think combinations. They had X amount of guys. And this year it's a safety position. And now we're going to get into, uh, with what Kingsbury mentioned. And again, uh, we know he was the eighth overall pick in the draft. Uh, Kime said he needs reps. Um, you know, obviously his, his snap count's been limited because of Jordan Hicks 
and, and also um, Devondre Campbell, and you got to throw Reddick in there as a pass rusher. So, um, you know, listen, this guy is known that he can do a couple of different things. So I'm, I'm not saying they need to, to fill that role, but uh, this is another option if they choose to go with Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons in the secondary. And that is someone that Kingsbury said, quote, we may have to look into that, end quote, with respect to playing Simmons at the safety position, a spot that he's familiar with. He understands that spot as he played it at Clemson, though here now all of a sudden you're putting a rookie into an interesting spot because you're bouncing him around. Are you overloading him? That's a concern Kingsbury brought up, yet at the same time, He's used to playing different positions, of course, not only uh, during the season, but across a game. And I think if you look at the roster right now, MJ, with your healthy safeties on the roster, Deontay Thompson, Curtis Riley, and Charles Washington, the latter is more of a special teams guy, you have to sit there if you're Vance Joseph. All right, Thompson, Riley, Washington, are they better than an Isaiah Simmons? And if the answer is no then it doesn't matter that you're concerned about putting a rookie into a difficult position going up against the Panthers, the Jets, and for however long. He's your best option. You throw him out there. I, I agree. And once again, there's going to be some growing pains. But, you know, everything you hear, though, he wants to learn basically every position that he could possibly play in the NFL. Uh, we know that he was taking reps um, more for footwork with the defensive backs. He bounces around in different drills uh, during the open portion of practice. And so it, it's all about your eyes, uh, where your eyes are. You know, It's going to be different than being in the front seven where you're close to the action here. Uh, I, I assume they would drop him in the box like Buddha and, and have him rush. I mean, he puts those arms up. He's going to get some deflected balls. Um, but, again, uh, you know, listen, this is what happens every year. You want to slow play a guy, and then you have injuries. So uh, he is the eighth overall pick. Um, he'll get better as the season progresses. Um, he has the athleticism, but he just he doesn't have the um, the experience. And, and that I'll be honest, in, in that game against the Niners, it looks like Kyle Shanahan went at Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he went at. It wasn't like once he knew he was covering Mostert, he went at him, and you know. I think you're going to see more teams put spies on Kyler Murray, keep him in the pocket. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. But he's got the skill set to play the position. It's just we need to temper the expectations, at least initially. And we talked about what is his snap count going to be in the month of September. Well, now we know what's going up. Well, the experience he does not have, the athleticism he does have. He's got the size to be able to cover tight ends. He's got the speed to be able to cover some of those slot receivers. You bring up putting him in the box. You also maybe just send him out there and say, hey, play center field, help on one side of the field or the other. Not that you're getting him away from the action, but the less mistakes that he can make, the better. So it's going to be I wouldn't say fun, but it is going to be interesting to see what direction the defense decides to go, and specifically defensive coordinator Vance Joseph with Simmons as an option. Do you look outside the organization? There are reports that Tony Jefferson, certainly someone familiar with the Cardinals, but he's coming off a torn ACL. Could he be someone that could plug in and be an option for the Cardinals? But it does need to be addressed, and obviously – this week, because right now, 
My guess is Banjo, unless he practices on Wednesday, will be out this week just because of his reaction and watching him walk back into the locker room. So you're without your starter, you're without uh, your backup, and then Jalen Thompson has to miss this week, as we talked about. So it could be Isaiah Simmons and Deontay Thompson as your two safeties. Yeah, you know, and, and Tony uh, obviously is coming off a torn ACL, and, you know, it happened during the season. It happened early in the season, I want to say, last year, and I was devastated for him because, you know, he was starting to make his, his niche. He was able to go out and get a new contract. But coming off an ACL, I mean, it, it's and, – and, again, you got the COVID uh, protocol, and then you got to make sure what kind of football shape he's in. So, you know, I'd be curious to see. I, I like the name, um, but – you got to wonder how ready could he be in one week? And I don't know how feasible that is. Obviously they'll do their due diligence and, and try to find out more information. The other possibility is if you just go with one safety, Deontay Thompson, and you play an extra corner, maybe Kevin Peterson gets some plays out there. You play more linebackers and Simmons just becomes a jack of all trades. There's really not a position that you label him with. Sometimes you'll see him outside, inside, in the secondary, close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, you can do a number of different things, but the more mixing and matching you're doing, it's like when we talk about trying to figure out holes to fill on an offensive line, then all of a sudden that puts another spot at a weakness because you're trying to figure out where you can best put all these pieces together and form somewhat of a workable puzzle. Yeah, and we got to bring it up, and B-Train's brought it up, and that's from a player's perspective. He didn't have a, a normal offseason. Now, again, it was for all 32 teams, but we focus on the Cardinals, and then we focus on their opponent coming up you know, throughout the course of the week. No preseason games. I mean, Chandler Jones says he missed the preseason. And, you know, he's off to a slow start. And and, and when it comes to the secondary, uh, granted, they've had a couple of interceptions negated. Um, you know, you look at Banjo and Hicks in the Niners game, um, but they're not forcing, um, you know, interceptions or turnovers. So that and that, that, that could be a catch-22. It could be the pass rush not getting there. Um, they're trying to cover a little bit more in the secondary. So, you know, I think Byron Murphy could be the wild card, though, too. Uh, I mean, what? We know that he's going to play corner or slot, but I think he can cover tight ends. You know, when they said that Isaiah Simmons would be an eraser, so that position's kind of like a rover or a joker where basically he can line up anywhere. And in fairness to Vance, I liked how they were, they were rushing five, but Brad Stafford just got rid of the ball so fast, and they were doing these short routes. So, again, you like to see him get more pressure on the quarterback, you know, and, and Chandler could be getting double teamed. Um, you know, you just wonder, you know, did he get enough conditioning in the off season to where, you know, he, he's playing a lot of snaps. He's playing basically every snap. So there's no break for him. And that's the, you know, him, it looks like Kennard and, and, and Reddick are, are kind of alternating there now to keep those guys fresh. So um, they're going to have to figure it out. But, um, you know, again, you got to get pressure on the quarterback and the front seven in order to get some turnovers and, you know, they haven't got the turnovers that they were hoping for. And last year, what Hicks led them in, in interceptions, and obviously Patrick missed six games. Um, and then I think it was, uh, was it Terrain Brock or somebody? had I, I don't remember who was number two on the list. So turnovers. And, and you know how I feel? I mean, sacks are so misleading and overrated. It's get off, get them off his spot. But we're talking about the number one pick, a Pro Bowl player, Matthew Stafford. And he was able to kind of 
Carver, Carver Way yesterday, just picking his spots where he wanted to throw the ball. Yeah, Kingsbury after the ball game, quote, you give that quarterback who's a Pro Bowl player the ball last, he's going to beat you, end quote, and that's exactly what happened on Sunday. One more note on Simmons, and maybe this spurs him a little bit. Maybe he is more comfortable going from one position room to another, and that's just how his mind operates. Hey, give me as much as you can because I soak it all in. That's how I operate at my best as opposed to just focusing on one task. And maybe he's better in that situation. And we see him playing four or five different positions on the field come this week. And that's just who he is. And we're finding that out because of a necessity as opposed to, hey, let's plug him in right away, which a lot of people wanted the Cardinals to do and just say, hey, this is what you have. You have this tool utilize it as opposed to saying, all right, well, we're just going to use him this way right now. Once he figures that out, then we can increase his role. Well, I always maintained they didn't draft him for this year. They drafted him for the next four or five years. But, you know, obviously the eighth overall pick, probably one of the top three defensive players in the, in the draft, at least in the top ten. Um, I just hope he can play fast because he's doing a lot of thinking out there. And, and you know, speaking of uh, – Matty P, I was reading some stuff this morning. They they broke a couple other uh, kind of records. That was the first time under Matt Patricia that they actually won the game at the end. On the final drive? On the final drive. That was the first time under Matt Patricia they had multiple interceptions in one game. The last time they did, Jim Caldwell. Well, that was their first three takeaways of the season. They didn't have any in the first two weeks, and then they picked up three on Sunday, and anytime you are minus three in the turnover battle, um, I don't care how good you are, you're going to lose that ball game probably 99 out of 100 times. So, and even that, the Cardinals were in a spot in which they potentially could pull off the surprise and walk out of there with their heads held high and say, "Hey, we caught a break there." Now you're looking at a three and O start, and we're now talking about, "Hey, you know, let's correct the mistakes." Three and O, everyone's feeling good, but. Certainly highlighted some of the uh, issues, if you will, for this team coming on the wrong end of that contest. Well, um, we talked about how they kind of tried to keep Kyler Murray in the Cardinals offense because they knew they're going to go with the Murray up, hurry up offense. And he did admit that we got tired the first go around last year. Um, but when you when you look at it, you brought up a really interesting stat last night on the post game show and. Cardinal fans, Bird Gang fans, people outside the uh, the state of Arizona, it's, it's, it's a great show. We always have a foreign player on there. Uh, we give our analysis. But you brought up a number in the fourth quarter where I think it tells a story. And uh, let me just say this before you get into it. We're only talking about six points here. I mean, the, the numbers you're going to bring up, Kyler Murray in, versus Stafford, and what the Cardinals weren't able to do versus what the Lions were able to do. Cardinals were outscored in that fourth quarter by the score of six to nothing. Cardinals had two possessions. The Lions had two possessions. Cardinals ran eight plays. The Lions ran 22 plays. The two quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford in the fourth quarter alone, 10 of 13 for 144 yards. Kyler Murray, one of five for 12 yards. And at the end, and we've talked about it, and I'll give you credit. You brought it up late last week. Kyle Odegaard brought it up on the pregame show on Sunday. This was the first true quarterback, true Pro Bowl, all-pro quarterback. Say what you want about Stafford's record. His numbers speak for themselves. He might not be a top-ten quarterback, 
but he is certainly better than about 15 other quarterbacks in the league, and he proved it. He showed it on Sunday. Completing 71% of his passes. He, I mean, ball didn't really hit the ground that much. I mean, again, they, they just didn't get the pressure. And, you know, he threw into some tight windows where Murray tried to throw in some tight windows. And, and obviously, you know, Kyler uh, will go through his interceptions because no excuses, but he, he did get his arm hit there. He, he admitted he missed guys like Andy Isabella. Um, but Kyler could have had four interceptions, and usually it evens itself out. But, yeah, that, that, that's something we haven't seen from Murray. Now, you, you look at the last nine quarters overtime last year, I mean, um, he's thrown some interceptions uh, against the Lions, uh, but obviously this was a, the, the topper of, of the two uh, games they had against each other. Bird Game, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rays, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. It is a Monday edition here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's talk about Kyler Murray, who was not Kyler Murray on Sunday. Maybe his worst performance as an Arizona Cardinal, and yes, it's still a small sample size. It was only his 19th game, but he throws three interceptions. You brought it up. It should have been four. Deron Harmon dropped a pass that was intended for Fitz in the third quarter, so you would have had back-to-back possessions end with interceptions. And it wasn't just the interceptions. It was his decision-making. All offseason, we talked about how much better he was at making his decisions at the line of scrimmage. i got to be honest. There were only a few of those decisions on display on Sunday. Other than that, I thought it was a poor performance from the quarterback. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the fact is that, you know, I I only watched the shortcut version. So I don't know if they put a spy on him, but this is two games now against them. He hasn't been able to run wild. Um, And, you know, one thing we talked about is him sitting in the pocket and making some throws. Now, he is airmailing a little bit. Is that the size because he's trying to get it over um, the defensive and the linebackers possibly? Um, but NFL.com, they, they put out videos like six minutes of each team every game. And I went and watched three or four this morning. And I can't tell you how many times I watched Russell Wilson eyes down the field, eyes down the field, rolling out, eyes down the field. I, I watch Aaron Rodgers, and I know these guys are Super Bowl winners. I know they've been in the league a long time. We're talking guys in their 30s. But I think he's got, he's got to have his eyes down the field. And yesterday he was locking on receivers, and last year he got a tendency to lock on and improvise. He was locking on receivers thinking his arm strength to make those throws. And so he's got to become a better pocket passer. Um, keep your eyes down the field and, you know, I like the fact they try to take some shots, um, but give what the defense is going to give you. And I know that the dunk, dink and dunk, and listen, it's tough because you, we always talk about you got to go a 10, 12 play drive. You got to get at least three first downs. You could get a penalty, but I want to, and I don't know if that's who truly he is because we, we appreciate his running style, but if teams shut his running style down, he's going to have to make decisions in the pocket and he can make every single throw. Um, so that's something I thought he would show improvement on because he claims that he, the game is slowing down. He can recognize pre-snap. 
But let's be honest, Matt Patricia's background is a defensive-minded guy. He's kind of a genius just based on working for Belichick. And in two games, he's been able to contain him. Now, the Cardinals had a chance to win. Listen, everything we said here, they lost on the last second field goal. Okay? Everything that we're talking about. So, I mean, in, in Matt Patricia obviously learned from Belichick, and they usually try to take your best player away every week. That's their game plan. Uh, they did it to the Raiders tight end. Um, over the uh, on Sunday, so every every coordinator is different. This week's going against Phil Snow. Now Phil Snow, you're aware of him. He's been a college coach. He's well well aware of the air raid offense. So how does that match up? Comes down to players. They got some injuries in Shaq Thompson, some others. So we'll see on the injury report when it comes to the Panthers. But yeah, I just want to see him make some more sit inside the pocket. Again, I don't want to take away from his running game, but clearly they were not going to let him beat him with his legs yesterday. Well, he can even slide that pocket to the left or to the right, roll out and, and establish, yeah, establish a new pocket and buy him some extra time. That's, I mean, it's not we're asking him to be a stand up straight, sit there for seven seconds and survey the field. That's not what we're talking about. It's looking at your reads and figuring out where the defense is matched up and don't force your throws. You brought that first turnover. Yeah, his arm was hit. The ball was high but it did go through Dan Arnold's arms or through his hands for the interception. Interception number two was just a forced pass to Fitz and almost looked like he hesitated a little bit because he did have Keyshawn Johnson down on the sideline and wide open. Wide open. Third, third interception, the ball was late to Hopkins. If he had just led him a little bit, then Hopkins makes that catch. It needed to be out in front. And it's those little things that you have to be right completely 100% of the time. Otherwise, you're going to have days like what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, and we know that, you know, Hopkins is, is obviously the number one wide receiver. Uh, you've got some numbers on targets and, and, and catches. And, you know, I, I threw a stat out there yesterday before the game, how many cat, how many catches he has behind the line of scrimmage. And, and if he can get a guy to block down, he can tiptoe down the sidelines. So you're talking about an extended run play that goes for 12 or 13 yards. Um, but he is the number one receiver. And then, you know, I think tomorrow we're going to get into some of the good things that we look at. But you got to give Isabella credit. That was a great throw and a great catch that he made. Um, he's shown flash. And then the whole Keyshawn Johnson thing is, to me, is very interesting. I went back and looked because that's the one thing that people are still scratching their heads of. And I, I, I don't get it. I haven't gotten a good explanation for why. Because here's someone who did not play the first two games, was on the reserve COVID-19 list, wasn't even on the practice field, couldn't even be in the building, yet he was targeted seven times, caught two passes for 24 yards. MJ, in the second half alone, he was targeted five times, had one catch for 14 yards, and two of those targets came on that final drive, including inexplicably throwing a deep shot into double coverage when you had Andy Isabella wide open underneath. You, you, those plays can't happen. And if you think I'm overreacting, well, it is overreacting Monday. You only have 16 of these folks. And if you want to make that jump from five wins to 10 or a playoff team, you can't lose the Detroit Lions at home in week three. It's inexcusable. No, I, I, listen, I love the passion because I'm with you. And, you know, it, like I said, I think he's got to keep his eyes down the field. You know, I, I could have mentioned Brady, but I didn't want to do that. I just mentioned a couple guys that are kind of mobile quarterback. We'll see Mahomes tonight and, and Lamar Jackson. Keep your eyes down the field. 
And, and the fact that Larry Fitzgerald, um, you know, I, I think they'll get that figured out. One thing I want to see him do is get Larry involved early in the game. I don't care if it's a bubble pass, not so much for the record. That, to me, is is, is a given. And let him get, get a four- or five-yard gain. I know they want to come out and run it. That's great. But I'm getting him involved early because now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, there's Fitz. And then, you know, if Isabella and Kirk's out there, you got Hopkins. Okay, now now we can spread on around a little bit. But I would get Fitz involved early in the game. And I don't whether the fans are there or not, even on the road, um, I'm getting Fitz involved early in the game, and then he's going to be a target for me in the second half. And, and Kyler's like, I, he, he really didn't have an explanation and, and Cliff said, I did a horrible job, horrible job. Now, when we talk about Kyler Murray's 19 games in the NFL, we got to talk about Cliff Kingsbury 19 games. And let's be honest, Matt Patricia, you know, he kind of disguises things a little bit different. And I thought they had the upper hand the last two years, even though the Cardinals tied them. Um, it's a different week, different matchup, different, um, you know, players and personnel. But it's Kingsbury also. I mean, to me, play calling more for the fans um, they, they, I get it. Uh, when should he go for fourth down? But we always, we always dictate our opinion based on the result. Yes. So play calling to me is so misleading. We, we talk about it. And, and Bill Walsh, his, his mantra was, Craig, if we don't have 11 guys executing, the play calling means nothing. Nothing. So for the fans, yeah, may they say, oh, they're going to run the ball here and they pass. Oh, what are they doing? It's execution. And, and sometimes it's, it could be 10 guys versus 11. So, but Cliff, Cliff, he, I mean, he's admitting that, you know, some of the things we heard last year that, you know, they, you know, and somebody asked him today, why did Chase Edmonds start the game? Well, that's based on script. I mean, it's one play. I mean, clearly they want to get him, uh, Drake involved, but that's scripted plays. Now, scripted plays are not on third down. So when you get to third down, you have another call sheet. Um, but I think Cliff, I think he understands that, you know, I got to get this off in, in rhythm early. Um, and again, they were sitting on the sidelines. I watched Kyler Murray numerous times in that game and he probably does it a lot, but it was a home game when we, we had, you know, good opportunity to see. He's throwing the ball on the sidelines ahead during commercial breaks. So he's getting ready to go on the field and he was getting, I mean, they were a little antsy. Now, one other thing that I was amazed at and the Cardinals had 700, close to 750 fans family, friends, uh, players, executives. Craig, I heard the Lions defense when we were sitting in the press box. The, the, we had the window windows open where normally where you sit is closed. I can hear the Lions defense when they were making plays and the energy from that sidelines. I can't say I heard that from the Cardinal sidelines during the game. Well, it goes back to your point about getting number 11 involved. And I don't get too focused on targets when it comes to Larry Fitzgerald. He's no longer the number one wide receiver. But when you do need a play and you do need to get the offense going or a big third down or a big fourth down, you're looking at Hopkins, you're looking at Larry Fitzgerald. Because with or without fans, if number 11 makes a crucial catch, he's going to get up. He might spike the football. He might flex. And all of a sudden, that energy that he is exuding is fed off by everyone else. Now, when you have fans in the stands, then you get the Larry, Larry chant, and then it just kind of uplifts everyone in the building. That is what did not happen on Sunday and I think needed to happen because too many of those drives, it was stop, start, stop, start. And Kingsbury, we hear a lot the rhythm 
couldn't get into a rhythm offensively, and that's play calling, and that's just moving the chains. So that is when Fitz needs to be targeted. You talked about it early in the game, early in drives. Just get things moving along a little bit. That's what he is doing. That's what he's become at this point in his career. Yeah, and, you know, since we're talking about the game, you know, uh, I'm guilty of it. I I pumped up Dan Arnold, and he's had two major penalties in the last two games. Um, And it's cost his team. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, they bring in Chris Streveler, and then that's no play. But, um, yeah, Dan, I think they missed Max Williams. I really do in the run game, Craig. Um, I think Daniels has been a pleasant surprise. They're throwing the ball to him. Um, I like him on special teams. I like his size. Um, but Max Williams was their meat and potatoes guy. And if they want to run 11 personnel, three wide, one tight, one back, they don't have Max Williams. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, he's a difference maker, but I just think they miss him on offense. And he was reliable on catching the ball, um, but he was out there to block. And, you know, I thought Justin Pugh played a really good game yesterday. Uh, I thought I listened to the broadcast with you. I thought Lamont Gilliard, according to Wolf, he was getting pushed around a little bit. Again, that's his second start. So, but again, we, when we mentioned Kyler 19 games, we also had to mention Kingsbury 19 games. And Matt Patricia has been in the league for a long, long time. You bring up Max Williams, and it's a point that it's not going to show up on the stat sheet when he is playing because he's more in there to help block and open up holes. I'll say this, watching the game back, it seemed like the Cardinals had more success running the football when it was pitches or it was Drake to the outside versus straight ahead moving. There were very few opening lanes when you would go straight between the tackles. It was when there was a little bit more motion. You ran the option. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little bit more to get those linebackers eyes going in different directions to kind of get them going one way and then change direction. Yet at the same time, Drake 73 yards rushing, just over four yards a pop. That's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's not what we've come to expect or anticipated for Kenyon Drake here with the full season or off season. Now going into his, uh, I guess year two, he only played eight games year so and then the four fact that you could supposedly run against this Lions defense they were the worst in the league through two games but sometimes those stats even get misleading after just a couple of games in the course of a season well you look at the Packers game I mean Aaron Jones was unbelievable in that second half and they had a lead in that game and we talked about um, Swift the running back dropped a touchdown pass so they could have been one-on-one but on paper when you fall behind and you got a lead like they did um, they were giving up on average two, 204 yards a game in the first two weeks. Now, again, probably misleading when teams have the lead and they're just pounding the football. Um, listen, when you mentioned Drake's 4.0, that's good. I mean, you, you don't want to be a 3-3, 3-5, because as you pointed out, if he's getting you four yards a pop, now you're at third and two. I just want to see some more um, more longer runs. Explosive plays. Explosive plays. And, and, and that could be 20 yards. I'm talking about 7 to 9 to 11. Um, it's great he's getting the grunt yards. Um, usually he falls down forward. He doesn't get tackled for losses. Um, but I was just want to see a little bit more. And maybe last year he was he came in on fresh legs. Uh, now he's going he's gonna to know what it's like to be the bell cow in an offense. And, you know, your body takes a toll. And But I think he's up for the challenge. He knows that he's in a contract year. And, and if this team's going to win, they're going to have to run the football. Third game, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. 
certainly this offense we expect a whole lot more from in year two. We haven't seen it. We've seen it in spurts, but just not consistent from one quarter to the second to the third to the fourth and so on. I'll say this. Am I worried? Am I concerned? I sound like I'm concerned, but this was one game against a team you should have beat. Everyone has a bad day. Kyle Murray is going to have more great games than he's going to have bad games, but to think he can go an entire 16-game season without a dud, if you will, is impossible. Every quarterback goes through it, even the best ones. Yet, this is what we're talking about here today, MJ. This is, what have you done for me lately? What's the last impression that we've gotten from the quarterback? Not good. Now, he could come out on Sunday, throw for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and this offense might click. And it will come back a week later and say, wow, that was nice. So I wouldn't be concerned. It's just this happens. It's unfortunate that it's happening against a team that you should have beaten. It's one thing if it happens against the Cowboys in Dallas or against the Seahawks or the Rams. Then it's like, okay, well, you know what? They were the better team. On Sunday, the Lions were the better team. But overall, they're not a better team than the Cardinals. They were for 60 minutes in week three. But I'm sorry, this year in 2020, the Lions are not better than the Cardinals. Yeah, and you know, as we do, we look at the opposing matchup, and they don't play against each other. But Teddy Bridgewater, he was very efficient. They're they're not an explosive offense. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. Um, They're just doing it by playing hard for for a first-time head coach. And then the next game, Sam Darnold, and I would take Murray. over those guys, I know that they don't play against each other, but that's what we're looking at. Dak Prescott maybe roll the dice. It's a road game. Um, but yesterday, uh, Stafford was the better quarterback and going into the game with his skill position players and the fact that they want to keep the Cardinals offense off the field. Now, I'm not worried about Kyler Murray um, because he stood there and said, if, if I don't throw three interceptions, we win this game, which is it's true. I am worried about the safety position, though, just on paper now. If Isaiah Simmons makes a transition or they decide to go out and get someone, again, you're talking about somebody has to learn their system. Um, I hope Deontay Thompson can play better. I'm, I'm hoping that we get good news on banjo, but worried. Um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to move some, move some uh, furniture around. So when I say worried, it's just, it's Monday. I'll, I'll, I'll get better as the week goes on just based on what I see. And, and, and then obviously the matchup where, you know, again, you, you got to bring your A game regardless of who you're playing, but sometimes the matchup can do give Vance shows us some other options. What's he want to do defensively against Bridgewater? And I know the defense has taken its share of hits here over the last 24 hours, and rightfully so, yet at the same time, this defense does not need to be top five, top ten in order for this team to be successful. You needed your offense to be top five, top ten. That's where the strength is. That was where the backbone, if you will, of this team with Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. This offense needs to pick things up. The defense needs to shore some things. But I'm sorry, the Lions were just 4 of 12 on third down, just 2 of 6 in the red zone. And three of their six scoring drives began deep in Arizona territory. The 27, the 22, and the 36. The Lions had two field goals and a touchdown out of those three drives. So to me, that's a win for a defense that was put on its heels for much of the ball game. Well, and then when you want to talk about special teams, you know, one point, I mean, they all count up. 
Uh, and then, you know, when it came to the ret uh, return and coverage units, the average uh, field position for the Lions was a 36-yard line. They had 364 return yards through kickoff return, pump return, and et cetera. Cardinals, av their average field position was the 19-yard line, 194 yards. And they gave up a long, was it a punt return or a kickoff return, right to the 40? Uh, I think it might have been a punt return. Punt return. Okay. Yeah, so they gave up a long punt return. Um, so they got to tighten up there. It, 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 they didn't play well in all three facets. No, and that's not consistency. Consistent enough. You can overcome one turnover, two turnovers, but and, and you pointed it out and, and well said last night. I, I want to say of those three turnovers, it led to ten points. Correct. And well, it could have been. A that's a difference in the game. It could have been a heck of a lot more too. But you're right. You turn the ball over. You're gonna you're gonna lose, and I, I applaud Kyler Murray for saying it's on me because he's right. It is on him, and he needs to do a better job um, for this team to win. I mean, you're gonna get the praise when things go right, and you're gonna get the criticism when things go wrong. That's the quarterback position. I don't think that loss is gonna derail their season. It's a young season. Um, you know how I feel about losing and winning streaks. It's tough to win three in a row in the NFL because at some point, yes, you have to go on the road. They did that in week one. They're fortunate enough to have games two and three at home. Uh, you got to avoid losing streaks. And, and the Panthers, they won the game. Uh, I don't think they're going to start feeling good about themselves because they still got to deal with the Saints, the Buccaneers, and who knows what the Falcons are doing. Um, and then, you know, you got the Jets. And we don't like to look ahead, but you got to avoid losing streaks in the NFL. We know that last year the Cardinals went on a winning streak. Uh, Three-game winning streak starting in Cincinnati. Um, we know that um, they had a losing streak uh, at some point. They had a long losing streak with Wilkes. You've got to avoid losing streaks. And the way the league is set up, you don't see teams. I mean, give the Baltimore Ravens. I think they won 11 in a row last year, and they finished 14-2. But it's hard to win three games because eventually you've got to go on the road. Now, these next three games, where are the Cardinals playing? On the on road. road. So – and if you tell me after the first five games uh, they're four and one, I would have said sign me up, sign me up because I hope this is the one game we look at and go. This, when we look at this at the end of the year, tallying up wins. Now, granted, they won a conference game, uh, a division game, and two conference games. This would have been another conference uh, win. But if you're a nine-win team, they're ten-win team. So um, again, I don't think it's going to derail them like maybe losing to New England in week one last year or a couple years ago and it kind of derailed the season because they didn't have their top players. I think they got enough leadership in that locker room to where, you know, stop the bleeding, so to speak, but avoid losing streaks in the National Football League. And that will hopefully happen this week when the Cardinals head to Carolina to play the Panthers, and we'll touch on the Panthers more as the week progresses here as we get ready for week four of the 2020 NFL regular season. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.